if you are a person who's like, I'm not trying to problem solve all day, all night, don't become an entrepreneur. That's all we do is there's always a problem. (laughs) And we are always the ones to have to solve it, figure it out, pivot, make it work for ourselves, learn the lesson as quickly as possible. Hey everyone, this is Christine Job, the host and creator of Flourish in the Foreign, an award-winning podcast that elevates, celebrates, and affirms the voices and stories of Black women living and thriving abroad while exploring living abroad as a pathway to wellness. And this is a special mini-season all about how to build a business abroad. This mini season is designed to answer all of your burning questions and to give you actionable steps for you to get closer to leveraging your own talents and skills into building an asset of your own so that you can support yourself financially while pursuing a thriving life abroad. It is time for you to benefit from all of your brilliance, your expertise, your experience, your skills, your talents, your natural je ne sais quoi. It's time for you to pour all of that back into yourself and build an asset for you to thrive on. Okay, so today's episode is an Ask Me Anything. I had asked the audience of Flourish in the Foreign to ask me anything. I asked y'all for months to ask me anything. And so I have created an episode all about the build a business abroad, entrepreneurship abroad, questions. And we're going to dive into some of these questions in this episode. If you are like, wait, I wanted to ask you a question. I didn't know I could ask you a question. That's okay. If you have a question to ask me, go inside the description of this episode. There is going to be a hyperlink, a phrase. The phrase is ask me anything. Click on that link and go to that webpage and you can leave me a question. You can leave me a voicemail and I might include it in this next episode or I might just include the question. There you go. And so these are all the questions that I received pertaining to building a business abroad. And I really feel like these are great questions. (laughs) So good job, everyone. I did not write down everyone's name or username. So sorry. And a lot of these are actually duplicates. So I just took like the essence of the question and answered it. Without further ado, let's get started with the question. So the very first question I got, and I got so many variations of this question, which is, I want to work for myself and have my own business, but I have so many ideas. How do I select just one? Do I have to select just one? This is a really great question and a very common question. So... Hooray, you want to work for yourself, but you don't know which idea to select. One, I think you should first just go ahead and applaud yourself for being the creative dynamo that you are. You have all these amazing ideas. You have all of these solutions to problems that you've identified. So good job for you. That is one of the most important characteristics of a successful entrepreneur, which is creativity. 
<laughs> and of course, to be a problem solver because you end up not only solving the problem that your business initially set out to do. For example, I'm a business strategist. What I do to varying different degrees is I really bring clarity and confidence and I create an execution plan for people to not only launch businesses, but to scale businesses in alignment with their vision of their professional career. Essentially, that's a, the, essentially that is the problem that I'm solving. A lot of other problems come up, of course, with my clients, but particularly even just in the administration and marketing of my business, I have to problem solve all the time. If you are a person who's like, I'm not trying to problem solve all day, all night, don't become an entrepreneur. That's all we do is there's always a problem (laughs) and we are always the ones to have to solve it, figure it out, pivot make it work for ourselves, learn the lesson as quickly as possible. So I definitely want you to commend yourself for that. How do you select an idea? If you haven't grabbed the Build a Business Abroad guide, I highly suggest you do so. But what I will say is that how you select an idea really has to do with so many factors. One, you need to decide whether this idea is viable, right? Do you have clients that, one, identify the problem as you've identified it? Do they consider the problem the same? That's important because, as all of you probably know, sometimes people have problems and they don't think they're problems. <laughs> you be like, no, that's a problem. They're like, no, it's not. It's fine. So you need to make sure that your target market, the people you think they're going to want and buy this product also believe that they have this problem okay trying to sell someone something when they don't feel like they have a problem is it's not that it's not doable but it's a whole different strategy so i would say first find out if this idea test these ideas for viability are there people looking are there people with these solutions are there people with these problems as you have uh, identified it What are their current solutions? Are their current solutions actually helping them, improving their lives, transforming them? If they aren't, what's the missing part of that? Where's the gap? Does your solution actually fill that gap? Now, if their current solution does fill that gap, if their current solution does provide a transformation, then you need to then say, how, what makes my solution, what makes my idea a better fit for this customer? Why is this a better solution? Is it a little bit more catered to them? That is how I would first start to decide which idea. Now, this is something that also takes some maybe market research. So you survey people. What I want you to do is I want you to write down all these ideas and I want you to go through this process that I just talked about. Because what I find is that a lot of people think, I have so many ideas and they'd all be great and everybody buy it. And that's not true. (laughs) Now that your ideas aren't great, but not everybody's going to buy it. This is not true. You can see how incredibly large and how deeply Coca-Cola has penetrated the entire globe. And still people are like, no, I don't want Coca-Cola. I want Pepsi or I don't want to drink that at all. Okay, so you really need to be quite realistic with yourself. Who is actually going to buy it? 
and if you can identify the person or the type of person that would this product who has this problem that you're solving, who would be interested in your solution, you need to ask them. You need to go ahead and survey them. I think a lot of people are afraid of starting the entrepreneurial process because they're not ready, they don't have anything to show for it. But honey, entrepreneurship is not an intellectual exercise. (laughs) We don't sit there and philosophize. We do. That's how we make data-driven decisions is that we put it out there and we ask the market, we see what the external conditions are for this idea, for this product. And then maybe we utilize the information with a grain of salt. Maybe we don't. Maybe we disregard the information and we do whatever we want to do. But that's an important part of deciding on your idea, which is market research, essentially. You really need to go into the market and see who else is out here. Is there a problem? Who is solving it? What makes your idea different, whether it be in the product itself or the delivery of the product, you need to really distinguish what makes it unique and who who would actually buy this product. And the great thing is that you don't need to necessarily ask them, oh, would you buy this product from me? You would ask them, one, do you have this problem? And then I would ask them, how do you describe this problem? What are all of the issues associated with this problem for you? Then after that, I would ask them, what is the current solution? Do you like it? What do you wish it could do for you? And then I would soft pitch your idea to them. I know a lot of people are like, oh, someone's going to take my idea. Honestly, they're not because it takes execution. (laughs) It takes action. Like you have to get out of that mentality. You need to be able to test your idea because what can happen is that you think you might have a great idea, but it might be an incomplete idea. And so what will talking to your target market do will maybe actually flesh out that idea better for you. Or perhaps you were going to give them all these bells and whistles and all this stuff. And they were like, I don't want none of that. I just want this. And so it makes it actually easier for you to sell your product, perhaps, because people will be able to understand exactly what you're doing. Or perhaps you won't be trying to sell them on all these other features that they don't want, That's why it's so important to do that kind of market research. So if you have all these ideas, that's how I would approach it. That's how you actually come to selecting one that makes sense for you and what you want to do. I hope that helps. The next question is, I have a business idea and I think it's good. And I've been getting a lot of encouragement from my friends and family but I still feel unsure about proceeding. I feel really overwhelmed. Is there any advice you have for me to finally bet on myself? This is a really good question and it's a very common question as well. So maybe you already have the idea and you've shared it with others, which is, you know, I have thoughts about sharing it on with others because sometimes you will have people who really support you and encourage you no matter what. And some people are you know, maybe they're just highly analytical, they're not entrepreneurial, or maybe they feel like they know more than you. And so they feel like they're trying to help you out. So it sounds like you have some good support, which I love. But you're still feeling really unsure. And I think the part of you feeling unsure goes back to the first question I answered in this series, which is, you're gonna have to get out there. Okay. You can't think about it. You're going to have to take action. 
That's how you get clear and confident. And so it's really great that your friends and family are encouraging you and think that it's a great idea. But let me tell you, your friends and family are not going to be your customers. More than likely, they're not going to be your customers. 99%, they're not going to be your customers. Yeah, they're just not. (laughs) And I know that a lot of people get like really salty about that, not only about businesses, but even in like content creation, you know, I've been a podcaster for a while and people are like, my family doesn't listen to my podcast. Da, da, da. My family doesn't listen to my podcast either. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, no. My mom listened to my podcast for a while, but I think, you know, that's what moms do. But yeah, no, I would say that if I had to make a, a guesstimate on how many episodes my friends and family have all listen to like an average, I would say maybe three. (laughs) And at the time of recording this, I have more than 80, okay? So I think you have to take that encouragement and definitely love it, love that you have that support, but that's not the litmus test for a good idea or whether you should go on with the idea. You need to go ahead and take some action. So like I suggested, um, the previous person, you need to maybe perhaps go into some market research. If you've already done that, I would suggest go ahead and sell something, okay? (laughs) I, I think that a lot of people overcomplicate what business is. So I'm gonna say something that I always say. You might've heard me say this before. Unless you make sales, unless you make money, it's a hobby. So you need to take this hobby idea into a business idea and go ahead and uh, make some money. So that, I think, is probably where, if you're listening to this, um, you're probably like, but I'm not ready. I feel unsure. I don't have a website or maybe it's not right or my social media is not right. The thing is that you don't need any of those things to make money at all. What you need to do is have a product or a service, give it a price, ask someone to buy the product and service and have a way for them to give you money. And I feel like that process will help you become more clear about your business as well. Because you will have to think about who you're going to pitch. You're going to have to think about maybe all of their reservations and to address them. You're going to go ahead and pitch them. They're going to ask you some questions. You might be like, oh, that was actually a really good question. I wasn't ready for that. You're going to write that down. And you're going to see if you can close that sale. And then you're going to deliver that service. And you're going to see if it feels right. Did you like interacting with this client? Is this client your ideal client? Did you feel like after you rendered the service, you're going to assess whether you actually feel like your price was really commiserate with the value that you gave? These are the things that make you feel confident and more clear, okay? So if you have already done your market research, this is the next thing for you to do. And you might be like, Christine, like this, isn't, this is too crazy. I'm not ready, I'm not ready. I have to address this to you guys because the vast majority of my audience are women. And what I have found being a business strategist for many, many years, starting in law school, is that women 
have enormous analysis paralysis. It stagnates a lot of women, prevents them from really executing as quickly as they could have. And the thing about execution is not necessarily to execute and break things, you know, build fast and break things or whatever they're saying is. It's just about trying. And in that movement, you become more clear about where you're going, right? But if you don't, then you kind of just stay in this stagnant space and you just think and think and you think about all these things that have nothing to do with you making money. So I I would suggest go ahead and um, pitch someone, give them a price, sell it, close the deal, render the service, and then see how you feel about it. Because you might be like, huh, that was a good business idea, but I hated this entire process. Or I actually like this part of it, and I don't like that part of it. Or I like this type of client, I don't like that type of client. Or I want to deliver it in this type of way, not this type of way, or what have you. But you're not going to get the confidence that you need and you're desiring by not acting. That's what I have to say about that. The next question is, hey, Christine, I'm struggling to get my first sale. I've been doing a lot of market research, which has meant me doing a lot of free work for people. People seem to like what I do, but when I mention working together in a paid capacity, they ghost. Oh, oh no. Okay, so you're struggling to get your first sale and you've been doing a lot of market research. Well, one, hand clap for you for just doing what I've been telling everybody else to do so far, which is doing that market research, getting out there and acting because you have so much information. You have so much information about your business, your product or service, your solution. People like it. So apparently it works. Hooray. We love that. But the people that you have been doing this free work are ghosting you when you talk about working together in a paid capacity. Unfortunately, ma'am or sir, I'm sorry, <laughs> that's, that is actually not unusual. Because the thing is, is that people really don't value things that they do not uh, put skin in the game, that they don't pay for, or they don't have some sort of uh, payment and compensation. Like they just don't value it. It just is what it is. For example, I have had a podcast for about three years now. It is a free podcast. I have wonderful audience members and I have amazing people who support the podcast through so many different ways. And then I still have people who are like, yeah, but I want you to do an episode on this very specific thing that only pertains to me and I don't understand why. And it's like, people don't, they don't, (laughs) they don't care that this is a free podcast. They're just like, but why? Why can I have what I want? And I think that's a lesson to learn as a business owner. It's important for you to understand there's are people like that, but it also is, it's such a great lesson to learn because it helps you to really get specific about who your ideal target market is, meaning your ideal client. Your ideal client isn't just anyone who's going to give you money. No, because believe me, that's, that'll probably be your next problem is that you'll finally get someone to pay you and then you won't like working with them. <laughs> that's the evolution of owning a business where you're like, I don't. I like the money, but I don't actually like it when it comes from this type of person. So this experience is letting you know, one, my product, my solution 
It's viable. People like it. Cool. These types of people, though, so you'll have to do like a demographic kind of analysis. They're not my people because they they don't want to pay for this. And what I also say to you is this, is oftentimes what I find with my clients, they're not giving their services out for free, but they might be sorely underpricing themselves and they may not be taking in as many sales or clients as they'd like. When they up their price, not only does their sales increase because there's the cost increases, but actually the number of sales, the number of clients increase. Because I think there is this correlation between like value, perceived value and price. You'll have to really understand your specific target market to get that quite right. But yeah, I'm not surprised that people who got a lot of great stuff for free don't want to pay you for it. Because they're like, oh, maybe I could have done it myself, or why would I pay you, and da-da-da. And you're like, okay, you had this awesome experience, but now you don't want to pay me. Cool. The next steps for you is to not work with them again. (laughs) You know, include them on your email list. They can stay on the email list, but don't work with them again. Don't do any follow-up questions, nothing else. If there's maintenance, they need to pay for it, whatever it is that you do. All of their interactions need to be paid 100% unless they're, you know, taking some of your content off your website or what have you. But now what you need to do is identify the type of person (laughs) that has the same problem, that needs this type of solution, and that's going to pay you the price that you want, which may actually cause you to uh, pivot your business in a way because, Sometimes when you identify your ideal target market, you will also identify maybe a different delivery process that you may also need to adapt your business around. For example, if I'm a babysitter or maybe a nanny and I'm in the suburbs, perhaps my services and prices be dictated upon whether I have to go to the house or the children are taken to me whether I have to drive the children around or if I will be reimbursed for that, will I be driving their vehicle, those types of things. Like it depends on who your target market is. Maybe you're a nanny, but you nanny for people in the city. So that's a different target market as well, right? So even if they're both like middle-class people in the city and the suburbs, your services and maybe the delivery of your services will be different to cater to these families. And then perhaps you're nannying extremely high net worth individuals. That's a whole different type of delivery too. Like you might be required to travel on a moment's notice or go to certain places or I don't know how to swim and dive off a yacht. Like these are different aspects, different features, different services that you may have to offer and different delivery of services that you may need to build in to your product and your solution. So that's just an example. So with all these free work that you've done, you know that people like it. So now you need to decide who your ideal target market is. You need to pitch them, see what their needs are, and see how you may need to craft it towards your ideal target market, not towards people who just want your stuff for free. (laughs) And so what that's going to do is going to tell you about perhaps marketing that you need to do, like places that you need to be seen or prices that you need to be competitive with, okay? That's how I would go about that. I would just pitch. I would pitch everyone like, 
go into my network who else is similarly positioned as these people that I did this market research with and I'd pitch them. That's that's what I would do like off the bat. And then I would I would get that first sale under my belt and feel like, yeah. And then I would really think about my ideal target market and be like, who do I really want to work with and go after them? Hey, I hope that you are enjoying this episode of Flourish in the Foreign. If building a business, if having your own business has been part of your vision of a life well lived for quite some time and you haven't been able to really make it happen or perhaps you aren't as profitable as you'd like or perhaps you're not sustainable like you would like, like you would need to be to live abroad then I invite you to join my Build a Business Abroad group coaching program. You can learn more about me as a business strategist and more about the program at my professional website, christinejobe.com. That's C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E-J-O-B.com. And of course, there'll be links to all of this information in the description of this episode. All right, back to the show. Okay, the next question is, I feel awkward about putting myself out there. Instagram and TikTok dancing feel silly to me and to me too. And I feel nervous announcing my new endeavor on LinkedIn in front of my former colleagues. What should I do? Ooh, this is a good one. This is one that, yeah, this comes up even with my one-on-one and organizational business strategy clients because we're human and we don't want to be judged. (laughs) Like we do not want to be judged. We do not seek out instances to be humiliated or embarrassed or just seen as lame. I totally understand that. I think a big part of entrepreneurship though is dealing with these insecurities because the crazy thing about entrepreneurship is that it exposes your insecurities, the ones that you know about and the ones that you didn't know about. You'd be like, I didn't know I was this insecure about this or whatever. You're like, yep. But an insecurity about visibility is actually really common. And I think it's one of those things that, I don't know, unless you're a person that like loves spotlight, uh, you're just going to figure out how to manage it and how to reframe it for yourself. And that's honest, right? I do a lot of speaking on panels and interviews and guesting on various platforms. And I can do it. The thought of doing it doesn't freak me out because it's just talking. And I know what I'm talking about. So I'm like, okay, that's not a problem. But I still get very anxious about that visibility. Like people will start promoting it and the lead into it. And I'll be like, oh, my God, (laughs) I just get like really weird about it. Or people be like, hey, I saw you're doing this. And then I'm like, why are you talking to me? about?" And that's exactly what you want them to do because it's marketing. Okay, So I understand feeling awkward. I'm also an introvert. People love to tell me that I'm not. And I'm like, no, I am. I've learned outgoing skills to to be able to adapt in certain business situations. But I'm an introvert. Yeah, I am. So what I will say to you is it's 50% don't do things that you don't want to do. 
And there's 50% you got to get over yourself. I know, but it is, it's true. It's 50% don't dance on some TikToks if you do not want to dance on some TikToks, okay? Don't do things just because you feel like everybody else is doing it and that's a way to go viral. That's a way to, to get a really good exposure. If you don't want to do that, don't do it. Like you don't have to, you don't even have to be on TikTok if you don't want to. You don't. I mean, honestly, you you really want to drive people to your own platform, your own website, right? Like that's where you actually own that real estate. TikTok, Instagram, obviously Twitter, these things may not always be around. So there's that, okay? You don't necessarily have to be on TikTok. What is great about social media, regardless if it's Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, Facebook, LinkedIn, is that it it can create a space for conversation and dialogue with people that could be potentially clients. You can really build community there and then encourage them (laughs) at every chance to come onto your website, come onto your email list, okay? So what I would say is don't do anything that you don't want to do, okay? But also you do have to get over it. You do have to market yourself. You have to put yourself out there. And I want you to think of it as a form of evolution. You don't have to do everything, okay? You don't got to like jump in the deep end. But you do have to market yourself because that's how people will know that you exist and that you are the solution to whatever problem they've been having. And you're the solution of their dreams, okay? So showing up is, of course, beneficial for you as a business owner. But honestly, it's really for the people that have been looking for someone just like you, right? They've been looking for someone who gets them, that resonates deeply with whatever they're going through, someone that they can trust with whatever it is their problem is. Whether that problem is like super serious, whatever you think that is, or if you feel like it's trivial, It's their problem and they want a solution for it and they want you to show up. So you have to find a way for you to show up in a way that is meaningful, okay? You don't you don't have to jump in the deep end, but you like you it's more than a toe out, okay? We gotta get out there, okay? You can do it in a way that feels good for you. When especially when we're talking about LinkedIn, and I totally understand. You know, I went to law school and all of my, a big part of my network are just lawyers. So being like, hey, I have a podcast (laughs) about living abroad and the wellness of living abroad. I did feel some anxiety about it because I was just like, no, these people are going to get it because you're just a lawyer. And I'm like, people have dimensions. okay? but also it just doesn't matter because on LinkedIn, people are really I find just into their own thing. I haven't gotten any weird comments or anything like that. And it just doesn't matter because more importantly, the people that I have impacted on LinkedIn or on Instagram or anything like that. Those are people you do it for. People who are like, I'm so glad I came across this. I love what you're doing. That's why you're doing it. So you have to have like a coming out on LinkedIn because people have to know that you're an entrepreneur and this is what you're doing. And you have no idea because perhaps you have some misconceptions about your former colleagues. Maybe they've been looking for you. Maybe they could be an ideal client for you. Who knows? You might be stopping your own bag. So you have to step up and step out, 
sure there might be people who are like, oh, I don't get it. And you say, that's okay. It's not for you to get it. Okay. It's not for you. I'm not going to explain it to you. Or you tell them, or better yet, tell them, okay, just get on my email list and I'll tell you all about it on my email list. Perfect. And you build up your email list. Okay. So that is, that's how I would approach it because I don't know exactly what you do. I think a good way to get started and to be consistent is just maybe do a series of posts announcing your business, what you do, who you do it for, why you do it, and then maybe showcase some testimonials. If you're featured in podcasts or in interviews, put that there. And also a really good way to put yourself out there is have an FAQ series. Have a, you know, frequently asked questions about your services, about your industry and things like that. Really try to educate people. And I feel like if you think of it more of like education and helping people just make better decisions in your arena, then it might feel easier for you to show up. Okay, I'm going to do one last question. Again, if you're like, hey, I wanted to ask you a question, Christine, you can go ahead and ask me a question. Again, go to the description of this episode. Click on the Ask Me Anything, which should be hyperlinked in the description. Go to that website and leave me a question. I'd love to hear from you. Okay, so this last question is, I'm struggling to figure out which business model is the right one for me. Should I do one-on-one? digital products, community memberships, subscription services. Oh, wow. Done for you services. How do you decide? Well, um, because I don't know what your business is. <laughs> this is going to be very generic. But if you haven't gotten the Build a Business Abroad guide, I would actually really recommend doing that because... One of the ways that I discuss about how to figure out which business, let alone business model, is right for you is, I haven't really named it, this pyramid, this foundational pyramid, we'll say. I don't know. Which is really analyzing the nexus between the life that you want to live. (laughs) One, the lifestyle that you want to live, how often you want to work and the manner you want to work. Two, the number your financial number that you want to bring in to sustain yourself or what have you. And three, your marketable skills, like the things that you can do, the things that you can monetize and sell. That is how I would approach figuring out which business model is. Because honestly, you know, when you think about it, like let's take babysitting again. You could be a babysitter one-on-one. You could also sell babysitting digital products. You could also have a community for babysitters or people who are looking for babysitters. It's a paid community too. Maybe it's like super amazing, highly regarded babysitters. You could have a babysitter subscription service, which means if y'all even want to hire me and be even on my list of clients, you're going to pay me this much money a month on top of my actually service for babysitting your children. That's a subscription service, right? So for me to even be like on retainer, for you to be even one of my clients on my client list, you got to pay me. That's So you could do it so many different ways. Done for you service even. Maybe you have a babysitting agency and you place babysitters. Or done for you could also be just the babysitting too. But so there's so many different ways to do that. And they all really decide, as I just said, 
on your lifestyle. What's your ideal lifestyle? How much do you work? What's the frequency of work? Do you work seasonally? Do you only work four days a week? Do you only work half the day? Who do you work with? You know what I mean? Like those things are going to dictate which one of these models that you're going to take on. Also your number. What is your financial number that you want to hit? Depending on where you're located and what the competitive price is for your services, that will also dictate perhaps which one of these models is the best fit for you as well. And of course, your marketable skills, okay? If you are a highly seasoned babysitter to the stars, I don't know, that is going to put you in a very different position for some of these services or some of these business models than if you are a newbie at like 16, 17, like I once was, right? If you're a seasoned babysitter for celebs, digital products could probably be something that might be interesting to you, maybe a community membership. So it really just depends on all three of these factors. And I highly suggest you go through the guide to help you get some more clarity, okay? Well, these questions were really fun and really great. So thanks to everyone that submitted a question. I really, really appreciate it. This was really great for me. And if you had a question and you didn't submit it or you forgot to submit it, no worries. Again, you can go into the description of this episode, click on the Ask Me Anything and submit your question. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Build a Business Abroad mini season. And if you did, definitely tell me about it and share this episode across social media with your friends or people who may really need to get this information. All right. And if you are feeling inspired, motivated, and you're wondering what are the next steps, consider these. You can head over to christinejob.com. That's C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E-J-O-B.com. And grab the Build a Business Abroad guide. You can join the Build a Business Abroad group coaching. Or if you're looking for a bespoke strategy for you or your organization, you can fill out the inquiry form for my business strategy services on the website christinejob.com as well. Are you thinking about starting a podcast? If so, I encourage you to join WOC Podcasters Community Membership. What is the WOC Podcasters Community Membership? WOC Podcasters connect women of color to a supportive and encouraging podcasting community. I'm not only a paid member of WOC Podcasters, but I'm also an affiliate. So please utilize my link when you sign up at no extra charge to you, but it does support this here podcast. You can find my link in the description of this episode and also on the Flourish in the Foreign website. Join the WOC Podcasters community membership today. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Build a Business Abroad mini season. I want you to one, take it all in, take a deep breath. You got this. Two, I want you to journal how you feel, initial reactions, initial ideas that you have. And I want you to know that with consistency, where you will find yourself in one year, let alone six months or even a month from now, is going to rock your world. Thanks to Zach Higgs for producing the music of this podcast. It's time for you to believe in yourself. And it's time for you to bet on yourself. You are more than capable.
and you are so ready for the next step. I'll see you next time. Bye.